Resilience presents a challenge for many psychologists. Whether we can be said to have it or not largely depends not on any particular psychological test, but more the way our lives unfold. And if we are lucky or unlucky enough to never experience any sort of adversity, we're not really going to know how resilient we can be. It's only when we're faced with obstacles and stress, the resilience or the lack of it truly emerges. Are we going to succumb or do we surmount? All right. <clears throat> What'd you guys think? Huh? Was that a good buildup? <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought it was great. It's true, though. It's true. We're going to continue this uh, journey <clears throat> understanding how discomfort makes us strong. It makes us fucking powerful. It gives us unique perspectives and awareness, gratitude and humility in life that you cannot absorb nor learn and nature without. So let's get started. Sometimes in life, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes things that don't seem that bad to you are really bad for other people. And it's in our best interest to have empathy and to stand next to their pain. And we will be doing a review on Brene Brown's book, Atlas of the Heart, how how important and how powerful having emotional granularity is. But for now, for one, we don't want to dismiss other people's feelings, right? What, when something happens to someone else and, and, and to you, it's not a big deal. Fuck that it might be a really big deal to them for all kinds of reasons. Moving on from that, there is a very, very powerful, Ability to use humor and laughter as a means to take pain and discomfort and turn it into pleasure. It's a weird and sick but badass psychological tack that allows you the ability to laugh and embrace pain and challenge let down, discomfort, failure, mistakes, and it works. And guess what? It's in all the books listed below. They all talk about how using humor and laughing through the pain actually fucking works. And I know this to be true. I've been in many, many trials, not in court, and through life that without having a sick humor... I just don't think I could have got through it like I did. And then all of a sudden, I start having a good time. Then all of a sudden, I start having fun. Then all of a sudden, I start to feel powerful. I, I feel inspired, motivated, driven. I start to feel like a badass. Like I can do more. I can handle it. And it, it's a really beautiful experience. To be able to take something that's painful and turn it into something that is actually 
really, really enriching. In life, it seems like things fall apart and they come together again. We think there's going to be like this point, right? Or like, or, or that like the meaning of life is to like pass this test or some shit to like overcome all problems and, and, and fucking rise above it all. But that's not true. As Chris Voss would say, and he kind of twisted this up from the seals. The seals started it. They're both beautiful witticisms or quotes, if you will. We don't rise to the occasion in life. We fall back on our highest level of preparation. 100%. 100%. You're not just going to all of a sudden muster up any type of skill or mentality or attitude or perspective that you haven't already practiced, natured, nurtured, and conditioned. It just doesn't. It's not a thing. You're not going to get some fucking like, you know, magical fucking like, like, I don't even know what that noise is, but like, just, you're not going to get some magical fucking moment where all of a sudden you're endowed mentally and spiritually with the knowledge or the physicality or what the fuck ever to do what you need to do when challenge slaps us in the fucking face. We have to prepare. You have to prepare for things that, and I know this is kind of, this kind of pisses me off too. We have to prepare for things that we're not even prepared for. (laughs) Oh, fucking. Oh, oh God. I know. I know. I know. But there is a way to do it. You know, I'm trying my best. Fucking no means am I perfect. And who the fuck want to be perfect? That'd be so boring. We have to prepare best we can so when shit goes down, whatever that shit is, we can uh, take it in better and deal with it better and respond better because we're not going to rise to the occasion. We're going to fall back on our highest level of preparation. So in life, it's like things clearly come together. They fall apart. They come together. They fall apart. This is the Buddhist teaching, right? This is what they do. Buddhist Proverbs Pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Oh, so fucking true. I think what they mean by that, and I could be wrong, is that we're going to get pain. Suffering seems to be something of an extension. Where like, let's say you get handed some bad fucking news, right? You're going to feel the pain and you're going to suffer. But then after a while... You can't remove the pain if it's one of those things. And so now suffering's optional. You're going to sit back and be a fucking little bitch, you know? And hey, I love little dogs, female dogs, okay? I don't even like using that anymore with the way we're going in life. Now I'm worried to say bitch, but like but but sincerely, all jokes aside, like are you going to you going to sit back and be a little fucking Wiener. (laughs) All right. We got to have a little laughter in here. Hey, humor is a part of pain, at least how you get through it and how you do well and how you do the things. Right. Okay. Okay. So when we think that we know what something's going to, this is another thing I wanted to share before I go off 
and you know break for a second with some piece of music so that we can tell Nathaniel's done with that mini tangent. There is something to say about the fact that every time we think something's going to be the way we thought it was, it's not. It's not. How many fucking times? Come on, let's be honest together. We're here right now. How many times did you have your hopes up? You got all excited about something. And then you get it. You get there. Whatever. And it's not what you thought at all. Oh, I've done that so many times, especially with jobs, new positions. I'm like, oh, my God, this this is going to be the greatest ever. (laughs) Nope, it's not sucks. And then on the flip side of this insane dynamic, something I think is totally going to fucking suck. And it doesn't ends up being everything I ever needed. That's typically not all the time. Don't don't fucking go and bet on this. All right. But a lot of the times, not every time, but a lot of the times things that we thought were going to suck end up being something we needed or, or something that we thought was going to give us misery. So let there be room for not knowing. Literally, that's it. Just let there be room for not knowing. All right, I promised, I promised that I was going to finish last episode on boredom in regards to how going in nature helps us. And that's what I'm going to do. I promised I want to follow through. And then I'm going to finish with some platinum nuggets, some platinum platinum intellectual nuggets from Adam Grant. And I said this episodes ago, Adam Grant's going to fall into our discussion quite often. Thinking again is one of the most powerful, badass, high-performance skills that most people don't have. You know, CEOs do, people with high quality of life, regardless of their financial status, do. People that do whatever the fuck that they want to do that makes them happy. It gives their life meaning and purpose, regardless of what they do practice the art of thinking again. And that's why Adam's book is going to be in here multiple times. But as promised, I want to share with you guys that part about boredom and going out into nature and why that helps. So here we go. All right. So I can't share with you how going into nature works and how it helps without getting back into boredom. And although we all love, or at least hopefully most of us love going into nature, um, there is so much. So first of all, boredom is a motivational state. Okay. Being in nature gives you just enough natural distraction to be able to think. It's very fascinating. Ever noticed, um, excuse me, that was... That was not very nice, Nathaniel. We don't do burps on here. Uh, Have you ever noticed that when you're doing the dishes, you seem to think really well? Oh, wait, shit. I'm taking you guys into into flow. Oh, fuck. Okay. All right. Well, (laughs) you know how many episodes I'm going to have to make with all the books that I've read? (laughs) 
to uncover all the powerful ways that we can be more badass, have a higher quality of life and living, help those around us. We'll get through them. I'll get through them. And if I, even if people don't listen, I don't care. This is, this is my calling. This is what I want to do. I want to, I like to read multiple books on given subjects, practice it myself and share it with my friends and my family. I'm a furry friend, even though he's a cat and he can't hear me. So with that, when we go into unfocused mode, right, especially in nature, right, it's inward mind wandering. Okay. We already talked about how it's a rest state that restores and rebuilds resources and memory in the mind. And Andrew Huberman also explains this within oh god he's he's so ba this is the that's the second time i've talked about him okay anyway so right check this out this is how it works with nature rachel hopman she is a ba um she went to a prestigious school uh she's in the field of nature science and uh, she's a badass. She is a badass. She was able to identify and continue to study what we know as biophilia hypothesis. And bio, I feel, uh, excuse me, biophilia hypothesis is the theory that was developed by Edward O. Wilson in 1984 to explain how and why mankind's innate desire to interact with nature and different, uh, different aspects of it is really powerful and beautiful. And, and how, you know, and he suggested that man has man and woman and days and thems have a natural affection and love for plants, wildlife, and all living things that belong to the natural world. So Miss Hotman continue this right she's doing her work she's she's kicking ass taking names she's doing all the things right and she noticed first of all she notes this right away do not fucking go out into nature with your fucking electronic devices staring at your fucking phone you're missing it you're missing it okay now this is what you're missing okay check this out on average on average so most people across the globe, like legit, don't get enough time in nature, right? And nature researchers studying all the ways that biophilia might improve humans from head to toe are proving that the outdoors is one of the most potent antidotes to some of modern human conditions, such as chronic disease, being overstressed, overstimulated, overworked, etc. And they're also discovering how People with jobs and kids and commitments can easily work nature into their busy lives, okay? If you want to check more about this, right, you can Google search. You can also get, and no, this is not sponsored by, (laughs) I wish, and hopefully one day I get to meet Michael Easter. This came out of the comfort crisis, okay? Check this out. She noticed that in nature, our brains enter a mode that Hopman called soft fascination. And it's very similar to unfocused mode. But she noted that there is actually, um, there's actually a big difference. Instead of mind wandering and lightly focusing inwardly, you're lightly focused outwardly on the nature around you. 
and you're taking in all these things in the outside world that are nice to look at, but they're not overwhelming to the brain. So your attention network is turned down, but you're aware of the outside world. I don't know if I mentioned this in the last clip that I just edited, but it's just like doing the dishes. You ever notice how you're doing the dishes? It's something uh, autonomous, if you will, and you're able to think. It's because when our brain is just slightly distracted, it opens up a conscious and subconscious part of our brain that allows us to think and, and retain memory and problem solve. It's really fascinating. It's why walking is so badass. And it's one of my favorite things. I love walking. Actually did some rucking today. Rucking is just, you know, it's just putting weight on your back and walking. Went hiking with my friend, went up into the trails, got to experience, uh, you know, the smells and the sights. And it was just beautiful. And, you know, I got my cardio respiratory, cardiovascular training. My legs are just burning my glutes, my hams, like all of it, my core. I had to work everything. I think I rucked about 40 pounds for approximately five miles. It was great. So if this, like, if this, if you will, this uh, opportunity of present moment awareness sounds like a lot of what, like, um, oh, I don't know, all kinds of different tribes and religions and, and, and yogis, uh, you know, seek out. It's because it basically is our like scientific data shows that our shows brain scans it, or excuse me, brain scans show that soft fascination is like meditation and Hopman actually described it as mindfulness or, or a form of mindfulness that restores and builds the resources we need to think, create process information and execute on tasks. It's mindfulness without the meditation. That is why, friends, along with other things, you know, there's a lot of stuff that we benefit from when we go into nature and we don't have technology with us. And if we do, it's put away in our bag. We're not looking at it or listening to it. We're taking in the sounds, the nature, the smells, the sights, the fractals. You guys will like that. So a short daily nature walk is an incredible option for people who aren't you know, they're just not so into sitting and focusing on their breath, which is also great. Meditation is awesome. We're going to get into that at some point. But a walk in the woods, oh my God, it's mind medicine. Absolutely. But you have to put your phone away. Miss Hopman clearly states this. And, um, you know, when we're talking about the the comfort crisis that we're in, you know, in today's economy... It's hard for people to detach from work emails and nearly like I think a quarter, a quarter to half of all employees say they're totally fucking exhausted and burned out. And part of this is because they're stuck in a fucking building. Nature absolutely is one of the best ways to recover from those conditions. And that was said by Miss Hopman. And she's a badass, if I haven't already told you. So that's it. Um, I will leave you guys there. Uh, it's, uh, another thing is within all this, you know, research, um, it also has something to do with fractals and I will just pull this up for you guys real quick so that you guys know what the hell that is with me. So a fractal in nature is a pattern that the laws of nature repeat at different scales Examples are everywhere in the forest, 
trees are natural fractals, patterns that repeat smaller and smaller copies of themselves to the to create the biodiversity of a forest. <clears throat> and it's no different than out in the universe. So when we look out at the vast universe, uh, totally there. When we look at the world around us, if we're not talking about like a a city we're out in nature it's totally there our eyes pick up on it our brains are built to pick up on it to see it to absorb it and it does unique things and of course when you zoom into the human body there are fractals there as well uh and um you know and then in short you know like it's uh it's just it's just important to stop thinking that like nature is out there somewhere else like in some like you know natural geographic show you got to go to like the ends of the earth to enjoy it no that's not true university of michigan scientists found that ideal quick doses is about 20 minutes three times a week and that's in urban nature and it found that we can we can still experience the benefits of nature even if we don't live out there, even having plants in your office can increase your productivity. One study conduct, conducted across multiple offices with hundreds of workers found that the boost was around 15% more work completed where workers were around plants and they actually liked their jobs more. And there's even other research currently being developed that shows that having a view of nature outside of say like a hospital window helps people recover quick quicker that's that's crazy so <clears throat> even taking a route to work where you seem where you see more like trees and plants and green is beneficial but watch out for those fucking two lane highways okay i grew up in the country i'm a country bunkin <laughs> Two-lane highways are fucking dangerous. You can't avoid them. Can't always avoid them. I understand that, okay? No, I'm not going to be that guy that pulls over every fucking time a car drives by. I'm just saying pay attention, you know? You see that guy fucking leaning over into your lane? Boogie. Anyway, uh, so yeah. So our eyes... And then, of course, there's tons of studies that show, like, the smells and the sights beyond, uh, you know fractals in nature is very beneficial so that's it friends that's it we've I, I i promised i would talk about how boredom in nature is so powerful and some of the ways that we know that it benefits us so much um and uh it's important to stop thinking that nature is somewhere far out there you don't need to do like you can just walk to a park you literally can you don't have to travel to the coast you don't have to drive to the mountain just got to get around some trees and some bushes, hear some birds, you know, be walking around, do your thing. Okay. So that is it, my friends. I have a strong thinking process that hypothesizes we're going to have to do probably like, I don't know, probably five to eight different episodes on discomfort because there's so much power embracing discomfort and using it uh, that I'm just not going to be able to get it done all in one episode. Not without chatting your guys's ear off for fucking three hours okay so i hope you lean towards self-kindness as megan divine would say if you so choose and i uh, hope you take care of yourself and if not that's okay i get it as jim Rohn would say sometimes we get from the day sometimes we just need to get through it so i will uh, i'll talk to you guys soon 
All right, friends, take care. Bye.